the following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Your discretion is advised. Without freedom of the press, no democratic form of government could exist. Good night and good luck. Good evening from our CBS newsroom in New York. NBC presents Chet Huntley and David Brinkley. From ABC, this is World News Tonight with Peter Jennings in London, Max Robinson in Chicago. When the press is free, the people of a country are free. When the press is not free, the people of a country are in danger of slavery. Keeping you informed with information, news, and the views of people making the news. It's the Nicole Sandler Show on NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. Well, well, well. (laughs) What a way to start a weekend, huh? Lots of news being made today. And never fear, Marcy Wheeler is here. But, you know, because she's in... Ireland and I'm in Arizona, we record our Empty Wheel Fridays on Friday morning, Arizona time, Friday afternoon, Ireland time. And therefore, I'm breaking in before we begin the videotape to update you on breaking news. And there's a lot of it. First, hot off the presses, E. Jean Carroll, the jury for her second defamation lawsuit, deliberated for just about three hours, and came back with damages. Yes, they found that um, uh, Donald Trump uh, lied about her, that he uh, acted with malice. They awarded her $7.3 million in damages. That's on top of the $5 million that the first defamation suit uh, awarded her. Then $11 million in in compensatory damages, and then another, you ready, $65 million in punitive damages because they found that he acted with malice. $83.3 million Donald Trump has been told to pay E. Jean Carroll for Not for raping her, which she was already judged to have done, but for lying about it for all these years and defaming her over and over and over again. Now, just down the road, uh, Alvin Bragg's case, we're still waiting. He's asking for $370 million in damages against the former guy. And basically what will likely come out of that is a prohibition on Donald Trump ever doing business in New York State ever again. Yeah, so there's that. Now, when I go to the videotape and run the interview with Marcy Wheeler that I know you're here waiting for, um, you'll hear we talk about some actions right at the top that Marcy undertook on her own this week. Not filing a Freedom of Information Act request, just a filing asking for dates of warrants in the Hunter Biden case. And um Uh, When we spoke this morning, when we recorded um, the segment you're about to hear, uh, Marcy had not yet gotten a response from the judge to the letter she sent. She now has. And basically, her suspicions were confirmed. So... Um, the, the judge got back to Marcy, uh, Hunter Biden's defense team had no objection to the information being revealed that she had asked for. 
So when you hear that part, and it comes right around at the beginning, um, just know that Marcy's question was answered in the affirmative. So the only thing we're still waiting on that we said could happen by the end of business today is the decision from the D.C. Court of Appeals on the um, Donald Trump's uh, uh, appeal to the D.C. Court on his claim of uh, absolute immunity. It, it doesn't roll off the tongue easily because it's frankly... Oh, whoops, I have the, I have the, wrong, uh, the wrong thing up. It's frankly... Bullshit. Thank you. It's frankly bullshit. Anyway, we, we're still, it's been two weeks. Hopefully we'll have a decision this afternoon, but maybe not. But if, if a decision comes down in the next hour, which I doubt it will because it's already five o'clock Eastern time, um, I will bring it to you at the end of the show. That said, a message to our friends listening to the audio stream on ProgressiveVoices.com. Uh, the show will end before the segment with Marcy ends. So I invite you to come over to NicoleSandler.com slash listen dash live or go to my Facebook page, which is, uh, I'm sorry, YouTube page, YouTube.com slash at Nicole Sandler or my Twitter or any of the other feeds to get the rest of the show. Okay. Or just get the podcast later. So uh, progressive voices will likely cut us off in midstream because we talked for a full hour. So just, just letting you know up front what's coming. All right. If there's any updates between now and the end of the show, I will update you. But um, with no further ado, let's get right to Empty Wheel Fridays. It is Friday and Marcy Wheeler is here. And boy, things are already up and running today. Today is the final day or, or closing arguments in the second E. Jean Carroll defamation lawsuit, and already Donald Trump created a spectacle. Reports are that as the um, the plaintiff's attorney, also named Kaplan, the judge's name is Kaplan, but as the plaintiff's attorney, E. Jean Carroll's attorney, was delivering her closing arguments, Trump got up and stormed out of the courtroom. He just has to make right. it well, about himself, yeah. right? And before that, Judge Kaplan had said, you know, you can't interrupt the closing arguments of the other people. And, um, you know, but but again, let's take a step back because Trump does this to have the coverage be about his tantrums and not the fact that he is on trial for having raped a woman and then lied about it. Right. 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 So this is about sexual assault, first and foremost, sexual assault, and then blaming the victim. And um, we're taping again, uh, Noon time, East Coast time, yes. and you and I are on the opposite sides of that. But as we're taping, Alina Haba is, is uh, delivering her closing arguments, and she's basically blaming the victim. You know, like E. Jean Carroll did this uh, for fame, right? Uh, and so do, now this is a jury trial. So do so once the closing arguments are done, the judge, I guess, uh, gives instructions to the jury, they go off and deliberate. And it's however long it takes them to come back with an award. They're not determining his guilt or innocence. That had already been determined. This is just financial. This is just uh, what what the damages are going to be. Right. And that's one of the other stunts that Trump uh, scheduled for this week, like uh, Alina Haba kept trying to delay, delay, let me time it around the next presidential primary. And 
so that Trump could testify. And he wanted to deny that he raped E. Jean Carroll. And of course, that boat has sailed. Um, Judge Kaplan said something like, you know, th- it's not U.S. law that a plaintiff gets a do-over and gets to complain because he lost. You know, you, you, like that's that's been done. You you already lost. So, right. uh, I, you know, I I all I can say is it's really important every time that Trump stages a tantrum, people remind that in this case it's about rape. Mm-hmm. The last time it was about business fraud. The time before that it was about rape again. The time before that it was about being a tax cheat. <laughs> the next time uh, it's either going to be about hiding um, financially, fraudulently hiding hush payments or stealing an election or stealing documents. We don't know what's coming next. Right. I guess we stay tuned, as they say. But things could happen today because today, I think, marks two weeks since the hearing at the D.C. Court of Appeals of the the panel on judges claim uh, on Trump's claim of absolute immunity that we're waiting out. We're thinking, oh, my God, this is taking forever in the grand scheme of things for an appeals court to deliver an opinion or a decision on, on a case like this, two weeks is not a long time, is it? Right. And we really can't tell. It's too early to tell yet. I mean, let's take a step back. The decision for civil immunity, very similar kind of analysis took almost a year. Um, and, and there, there was a concurrence by a Republican and, you know, possibly that's why it took so long and Judge Chutkin, basically, like hours after that opinion came down, she issued the under the opinion that is now being appealed. And so, um, it, it is. It, it, I, I want to be fair to Judge Henderson, right? So she's the one Republican on this panel. Mm-hmm. She's a Poppy Bush appointee. I have been saying for have I been saying for weeks? Yes, you have. Uh, this is going to come down to to Karen Henderson, um, and and actually, it doesn't just come down to her. All the three judges, right? Remember, there are there are three: mm-hmm. uh, Michelle Childs uh, and Florence Pan are both Biden appointees. But even between Michelle Pan and um, Michelle Childs, there's a differentiation. So again, there are there are three decisions. One, do we have jurisdiction? Uh, Judge Henderson says yes. Pan says maybe. Child says I don't think so. Um, the next decision is do do uh, if we have jurisdiction, then do we go big or do we go narrow? Now, Karen Henderson is talking about going narrow, meaning um, whether or not Trump, whether or not presidents get immunity post uh, president, post administration. Right. In this case, Trump won't because of blasting game, the opinion that I just mentioned. Like, in other words, Trump, because he was uh, because his alleged crimes involved trying to get reelected rather than trying to run the country. Uh, you know, in this case, he's not immune, whereas certainly Pan and probably Childs uh, would would go bigger. And then um, the question is how they do it. Like, do they do they do it in such a way that it immediately goes into effect? How much time does Trump get to, to tamper with the with the um, uh, with appealing? And to to Henderson's credit, uh, she definitely 
had no patience for Trump's claims of absolute immunity. And she was sort of inventing this kind of backwards way of arguing against Trump to get there. So um, it seems that on the issue of immunity itself, all three judges are are in accord. But but as I but as I said, you know, there are some complexities be, between them, even between Childs and Pitt. Sure. And so that makes for like you need to have they could all three issue opinions. That's going to be complex. You can, you know, like one of the things we've seen in the obstruction opinions, remember the 18, the 18 USC 1512, which is being used for January 6th and has been charged against Trump. One of the things we're seeing in those cases is that those opinions have been really um, divided. And so now the first of those opinions is before the Supreme Court. That's kind of roiling all the other cases. Um, It's, that's where we are. That's, right. And there's yeah. still um, so and Trump has a number. You mentioned appeals. There are still a couple of appeals. He could say, depending on how this three judge panel rules, he could say, OK, well, now I want an on bank hearing, meaning the entire panel. Um, and, the, and the court could either take it or say no. And then it right. could go and, to the and, Supreme Court. Right? And the D.C. Circuit just took 45 days to decide that they're not going to visit his his gag. Um, and so including so there are three Trump appointees and Karen Henderson, and none of them had any complaint about that happening. But it took 45 days to decide that now Trump can appeal that to the Supreme Court. Um which would be interesting because, you know, he he should be gagged all over, including in the E. Jean Carroll case, as as, as we are today. But yep. um, uh, I mean, these things these things take time. And I really wish that TV lawyers had spent the two years they were whinging about Merrick Garland to explaining process. Right. Like uh, um Peter Navarro, this is news. Peter yes. Navarro was was sentenced four months, which right. I was a bit surprised by because um, uh, he the judge in his case is is a Biden appointee. Like one of the things that goes on is there are a lot of Democratic appointment appointees in D.C., um, which is good. But they tend to be, as I call them, namby pamby. Some of them in this case, Amit Mehta is is a former public defender uh, or former defense attorney. Um, and so Democratic appointees tend to sentence less, uh, less strictly. And so it doesn't actually when you're when you're looking at these January 6 cases, it doesn't actually map that the Democratic appointees are the ones who uh, would rule strictly against January 6 and the the, um, the the Republican. In fact, this week, uh, Royce Lambert, who is a Reagan appointee, laid into a January 6 defendant who is getting resentenced. Uh, and in the process, he kind of pilloried those people who are claiming that January Sixers are hostages rather than criminal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Prisoners. So, they're, um, they're prisoners because they've committed crimes. So they're incarcerated. They're not hostages. But this is the kind of rhetoric that the right whips up constantly. Right. Right. So, um, you, yeah. So you mentioned Peter Navarro and that was kind of a circus yesterday, too. And he's not going to go to jail immediately, but he was sentenced to four months. This is contempt of Congress for his refusal to comply with the January 6th committee subpoena. Right. So th- the Republicans want to have it both ways. You know, they want to be able to not comply with subpoenas when it when it's them and they want to compel someone like Hunter Biden, who's not even a, you know, a member of the administration or ever worked in government to comply with subpoenas, even though um, 
uh, they don't. Yeah, we're actually seeing an interesting thing. There are two cases against Peter Navarro. There's the criminal case, uh, which, as he said, it was a circus. Anyone who hasn't seen footage from his attempt to do a press conference afterwards <laughs> should look it up because it's hilarious. There's really there's a couple of it. local activists, uh, one who goes by the moniker Anarchy Princess, yeah. um, and they had a whistle and a cowbell, and Anarchy Princess had signs. She does this a lot, but like she... Navarro tried to use a sign that she had um, when the jury came out for a visit. She wasn't visible to the jury at all, but they they tried to to use her as an excuse to throw out the jury verdict. Didn't work. But um, so she's back. She's at the press conference and she's got signs Wait, here, for Henry Dunn for it. Congress. Here, here, well, oh, is this, is this is this is the one I have? Mr. <laughs> There's somebody with a whistle Top and the sign, lock him up. Dad, uh, <laughs> Mr. Woodward, ah, God, that hurts my ears. Uh, let me bring you back up. That, and then, that, yeah, and then the cowbell will start if it keeps going. There she is. That's that's Anarchy Princess. That's that's our gal. We call her. She she um, she headed off the Nazis uh, during the March for Life the other day. And, oh my God. Um, uh, acquired the nickname is Hall Monitor, like DC Hall Monitor for Democracy. Oh, so. funny. So, there are people like that. I got to tell one of my favorites. This is just an aside, having nothing to do with any of this. But when uh, the Iowa onslaught was in in uh, process and and Ron DeSantis was spending all his time going to every one of the ninety nine uh, counties in Iowa, didn't win one, by the way. And there was a woman and her daughter, Iowa Democratic <laughs> activists, who started doing this chant with a cowbell and and singing. Pudding fingers, pudding fingers, <laughs> go back to Florida, pudding fingers. And I, I had to have her on the air. She was hysterical. And I guess it worked. So yeah, we like street theater like that just because, you know, when they're on our side. Anyway, anyway. So, well, so and they're peaceful and they're. I mean, you saw that one of Navarro's attorneys turned around and said, knock it out. And it's like, no, don't, you know, like who is Peter Navarro's attorney who had a role in this insurrection to say, knock it off. That's um, right. But there's a second case against Navarro, which has been going on for um, in 2021. So late 2021 in an entirely different investigation, a COVID related investigation, because he, you know, the uh, conspiracy theorist had a role in COVID under Trump, of course. Um, he COVID response, right? Mm-hmm. So he had a he had a trade role in the Trump administration, and through that he had a role in COVID response. And there was a House investigation into that, and um, Congress discovered that he was doing COVID business on his Proton Mail. And Proton Mail, uh, I did a post this week. Proton Mail is is probably harder for the FBI to access than Signal and Telegram, really, um, which is the which are the other two platforms that were really central to the planning of the insurrection. And so um, DOJ sued him, saying, you know, you need to give us all your Presidential Record Act stuff, even if it was on Proton Mail. And it's been like at first he was represented by different lawyers, other than the ones who said knock it off to Anarchy Princess, um, and. Then uh, Stan Woodward, who also represents Walt Malta, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it has a key role in Trump's kind of combined defense. Um, Stan Woodward, so the the original attorney said there are 800 communications that, that Navarro sent on, on ProtonMail. And then under Woodward, he's like, I'm sorry, did that lawyer say 800? I mean, 211. 
So, um, and so, right, so DOJ is just, same thing they were trying to do with Trump's stolen documents, give us a stuff that is covered under Presidential Records Act. And so they sue, and in October, Navarro had to prove that he had given the government everything. And last month, um, the judge in that case, Colleen Kalar Kotali, filed something, basically, I guess, asking the government, do you think he's complied? And Navarro thought he was doing himself a favor, saying, look, over in the other lawsuit, the government says anything I sent about January 6th is covered under official acts. And in this lawsuit, they're saying nothing January 6th related is is um, executive privilege covered, which, you know, already those two categories don't coincide. But, uh, you know, if I'm Jack Smith, I turn around and I subpoena him and I say, OK, you've just you just told Amit Mehta in sentencing because he wasn't supposed to speak. His attorneys right. were like, no, he's not going <laughs> to speak. And then they're like, I okay, guess he wants he's to speak. speak. Okay. So, right. um, and, you know, he said, I didn't know what to do with a subpoena then. And Amit Mehta's like, uh, sorry, at that point, Steve Bannon had already been charged. What are you talking right. about? Uh, and then, um, so now he admits, now he claims to know what to do with the subpoena. If I'm DOJ, if I'm Jack Smith, I'm like, here's your subpoena for the remaining proton mail stuff that you're still withholding that have to, but it, I mean, the short version of this is there are probably something around 600 uh, contacts involving Peter Navarro. And remember, he was he was the the tweet that started January 6th. Trump forwarded a report that he had done um, making shit up and uh, said, you know, come to January, come to D.C. for January 6th. Going to be wild. Yep. And um, and so Navarro had a really important role in the big lie working with Steve Bannon. But in addition, um, Navarro had two aides who did this stuff for him, one by the name of Garrett Ziegler, who okay. shows up in the Hunter Biden story. But yes, this is Garrett Ziegler when he okay. still works at the White House. Wow. Garrett Ziegler, when he still works at the White House, um, happens to be, among other things, Ali Alexander's contact at the White House. Oh so Ali God. Alexander knows right away about the, you know, the decision that there's going to be this riot on January 6th. Although, by the way, he was asked by these uh, militia members or these um, uh, anti-maskers with militia ties from Southern California, they're like, they said to him, this is kind of newish, they said to him, hey, Ali, you should have a riot. No, they didn't say riot. You should have um, you should have a, something, whatever they call these things, on, um, on January 6th. But anyway, point is, uh, Peter Navarro probably still hasn't turned over these proton mails uh, from his role in January 6th. And, you know, I, I get that people are really impatient, but um, there are things that you can point to that cause delays. And this is one of the things, this is the kind of thing that causes delays. If people have encrypted mail that they, that you can't get without their password. Right. Right. Like, um, uh, then it, then if they are uncooperative, then you have to do things like threaten them with um, with contempt. So maybe, so you said he may not go to jail right away. It's unclear. He did appeal right away. Mm-hmm. Um, in, you know, Bannon's case in some ways is easier and in some ways less easy. Uh, Meta did not commit one way or another whether he was going to let him stay out pending appeal. But, uh, uh, but you know, 
who knows what's going to happen? Like if, if, if DOJ has to subpoena him and he defies another subpoena, then, you know, maybe he just gets jailed for ordinary old contempt. Right. Uh, and so it's just one more cog in the wheel of all these ongoing prosecutions that it, that is turning maybe slowly, but it's turning now you Marcy Wheeler, you uh, engaged in some sleuthing work this week. You didn't file a Freedom of Information Act request, but you did. You filed a motion asking uh, the judge in the Hunter Biden case to unseal dockets for four warrants. Um, uh, in fact, uh, I, we have your your letter to the judge. So so what what is this? What did you do here? What what is this all about? Um, so in a recent filing, they, the special counsel identified four warrants and one is for the famous laptop, right? We know that, uh, we know that the FBI got the laptop with a subpoena, but then they got a warrant to be able to search it. Um, and that's not unusual. That's not that suspect. Um, there are, but basically what happened is that, and this again is common, um, DOJ got, got, a, got a warrant for um, iCloud content from Hunter Biden. That was in August of 2019. They got a warrant for iCloud content from Hunter Biden in July of 2020. They're being very coy about the scope of that warrant. And then apparently, and this is why I did this, apparently sometime between November 30th and December 5th, 2023, mm-hmm. they then said, we have all this iCloud content. Can we have a warrant to go search it for evidence of gun crimes? If I'm right about that date and I, and I contacted the office and I said, Hey, you know, she this was can't be right. Is it? And we declined to comment. Uh-huh. Um, if I'm right about that date, it means they didn't get a warrant to access his iCloud content to look for evidence to support a gun charge until two months after they got the gun charge. Uh, right. Right. And it, that, that's not to say that their access to the material is illegal, but the argument that they're making, that, that they're trying to make right now is, oh yeah, we were always planning on charging you for gun crimes. And if they can't make that argument compellingly to the judge, then she's going to throw out the case. She's going to say, uh, you punished Hunter Biden because Jim Jordan told you to because mm-hmm. Donald Trump told you to. And in their attempt to argue that, you know, they didn't renege on on this diversion, which is what everyone said would be the normal treatment of this gun crime. Um, they basically confessed, I think, that they did not decide to actually get a warrant for the content to prove their case until after they indicted it. There's another, um, this got a lot of show in uh, when the dick pic snippers read the filing. There's this line in there where they say, oh, we, we went to look, we went to take a picture of the gun and oh my gosh, there was cocaine on it. So we sent it to the FBI lab and there was, there was cocaine in the leather pouch where he stored his gun. And I'm like, and, and of course the dick pics, are, oh my God, cocaine on the gun. As I said, <laughs> the coke in gun, but, but like, um, but Smoke. the problem with that is um, by their own admission, they didn't do this until 2023. Like, you know, again, their argument here, this is not the argument before the jury. Their argument here is, oh, sure. We were always contemplating charging this case and we didn't know you were an addict until 2023. 
even two years after you wrote a book saying you were an addict, none of it (laughs) holds together, which is why, you know, they, they could have saved themselves the trouble by just saying, yeah, we admit it. We didn't get that warrant until, you know, November or whatever. Or that, that's the primary thing I'm looking for is what is the date of that warrant? Am I actually right that that warrant postdates the indictment? Um, so it, what I did was uh, it's, it's uh, if, if something's a judicial record, you don't even have to be a journalist. You can say, you know, uh, there is a common law and First Amendment right of access to things that are judicial records. And I just wrote a letter and mm-hmm. we don't uh, again, we're we're taping at now 1215 East Coast time. Right. Um, Hunter Biden's attorney said, yeah, we don't we, we're not opposed to releasing these warrants. Um, but the prosecutors have to respond by end of day today and then the judge will rule. And honestly, I mean, it's hard to get warrants, right? Mm-hmm. Like I did some posts a couple of weeks ago uh, based on warrants that the New York Times with all of their great lawyers liberated last year in the in the Rudy Giuliani investigation. Mm-hmm. Right. So like mm-hmm. um, I'm not I'm not a lawyer. I'm not the New York Times lawyers. Um, it took them a lot of pulling of teeth to be able to get those warrants. Now they were looking for the actual affidavits. My ask was people asked me, you know, why didn't you ask for the affidavits? I was like, well, cause I wasn't going to get them. And I wanted to make, I wanted to give an answer that I might get a yes to that. I might, you know, that they might, there's a similar effort by the way, um, both the New York times and a journalist who goes under the name inner city news to unseal some warrants, some sealed stuff in the Robert Menendez case. And oh. so same thing. It's like, you, you know, it's not always easy to get these materials, but, but you can say, and, and, uh, and I did in this Hunter Biden case, I was like, look, you know, uh, the the disgruntled IRS agents. I didn't call them that. I was, you, you should look, I didn't swear in that, in that wow. letter once I said respectfully, you know, maybe <laughs> four times. Um, I was on my best behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't say blow a job, nope. but, um, didn't say dick pics. The, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the point about these warrants is the content from them has been, was released last September by the disgruntled IRS agents or actually starting in, in May of last year, this content has been out there for the longest time, but these dockets remain sealed, which is kind of ridiculous because, you know, it, it, uh, I don't have any reason to believe that the underlying warrants, the warrant, the you know, the warrant, the first iCloud warrant 2019, August 2019, the first, the laptop warrant, December 2019, the second iCloud warrant from 2020. I don't have any reason to believe those are illegal. Uh-huh. I think that the way the laptop plays into it may be sort of interesting. Um, I think that prosecutors do have a problem with the laptop. Right. There's uh, no there's no like chain of custody. Right. The provenance of the thing itself is a question, isn't it? Well, one thing that they can say is, look, most of the iCloud matches the iCloud on the laptop. And they made a they made a comment to that. They're like, it's it's substantially the same. Now, I made a point that if you're hunter, like, again, the texts that they got this warrant to admit Right. So there are texts from the day, the the first day that he bought the gun. Um, And they're like, these are the smoking gun about the the coke and gun. Right. (laughs) So they were very pleased with themselves. And I looked at it. I'm like, yeah, here's the problem, guys. He lost two phones that day. Like literally he lost two phones the day before he bought that gun. He misplaced them. Right. Uh Two of them. Uh So I'm like, great. You've got these great texts. But 
did he send them or did the people who got his lost phone like the same like even after hunter biden uh started one of his new like you could see him ordering you know getting a surian getting a surian to replace two phones right. maybe four we don't right. know um uh you know as you're watching him do this they you know he he starts using one of the one of the new phones after he sent these texts that i think um but even after that somebody logs into his rosemont seneca his his work email so it's like that's not hunter biden accessing that work email because we know he has a working phone so who's accessing hunter biden's work email just after he lost a phone and if somebody's accessing his work email did he send those texts or did somebody who got his phone and because of the phone is able to access uh, his work emails? You know, th this is the thing about trying to prosecute Hunter Biden. And, you know, and, um, the, the digital trail is always going to be a mess, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not mm -hmm. just the blind computer repairman. The blind computer repairman, um, a, there's a bad chain of custody, which DOJ is right. going to try and get around by saying, look, it matches the iCloud, you know, and I'm going to say then, right, but that iCloud, you know, unless you know that Hunter Biden was actually wielding the phone behind that out, like if I took your phone, Nicole, right. I, I don't know if you save to iCloud, um, but if no. you save your texts to iCloud, right, and I took your phone and I said, Nicole is having sex with an elephant, um, and you save to iCloud and you're drunk or high or, you know, just whatever, not watching your phone very closely. That's going to be in your iCloud. Right. 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 And to prove that you didn't write, <clears throat> write it, you would have to then prove, oh, Marcy Wheeler had my phone and she was just joking around with me, you know, having right. sex with an elephant. Right. <laughs> um but uh, but 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 again, this is the kind of thing that you need to be able to prove is somebody, as Hunter Biden demonstrably did over and over, like almost on a biweekly basis, lost some device and he he never cleans up his life. And so you can never rule out that somebody is sending an email on his Rosemont sure. account and, you know, it's it's not actually him. Um, so but then you get to the blind computer repairman and. He wrote a book in 2022. They were all ready to, to charge him. He wrote a book in 2022. It's unreliable. Um, his dates for what happened with the FBI don't match the FBI's dates in ways that are very interesting. Um, you know, and I, I normally I would trust the FBI on this stuff. Right. What is interesting is they both agree that um, the FBI came and got the laptop on December 9th, 2019. Right. So this is four days before they get a warrant for it. Uh, and According to the blind computer repairman, that day, somebody from the FBI calls him up and says, hey, you know, we're trying to boot this up and it's not working. Can you help us? And uh, so if you try and enter anything from the laptop into evidence, uh, Hunter's lawyers are going to call the blind computer repairman and mm -hmm. he's going to get on the stand. And um, among other things, he's going to say, yeah, I wrote that the FBI was accessing that laptop before they had a warrant to access that laptop. And then everything that the FBI obtained downstream of that laptop, like the second batch of iCloud, then may be problematic. And so it's not going to be easy. You know, no matter, you may think that Hunter Biden is guilty of sin on all these charges, but there are these challenges because of the fact that 
his life was such a mess. Right. And the thing is, and uh, sorry, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but Hunter Biden, one private citizen, never worked in the administration. Uh, There's no evidence linking Joe Biden to Hunter Biden's businesses or anything like that. He yes, he didn't pay his taxes, but then he did. He he made good on what he owed. He had the gun for what, all of eight days or something and got rid of it. I mean, anybody if his name was Hunter Jones, would we be talking about him today? No, I mean, and that's that's uh, where these things get pretty interesting. I mean, that's part of what the the challenge is already in Delaware, right? Uh, uh, his attorney, Abby Lowell, said, look, you know, DOJ has this rule that you don't charge this unless there's some aggravating factor. And uh, uh, Weiss's attorneys were sort of like, well, the aggravating factor is that he lied on on the form. It's like, no, 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 no. You're accusing him of a different crime than he's actually charged with. That doesn't work. So um, there's that kind of argument. That's a hard argument to make, an easier argument to make, um, which I don't think Abby Lowell made 100, 100 degrees, is that from 2018, Donald Trump was pushing for this prosecution, both publicly and privately. Mm-hmm. You know, Donald Trump created an international incident trying to get this prosecution. That's public. Yes, right. And the David Weiss's prosecutors are like, oh, you know, all the, uh, I mean, it's it's almost disgusting, really. I mean, the, uh his uh, David Weiss, his his AUSA has basically said, oh, you know, all you're you're saying that a politician uh, issued a made a public statement about the investigation. It's like, no, 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 no. The president of the United States repeatedly, both publicly and privately, pushed people, including people in the chain of command to do something with this investigation. And that has to be that has to be substantially different. And the fact that David Weiss is trying to spin that is, is I, you know, I, it's disgusting. And here's why, because David Weiss tested, this is not public, but there's a Politico article uh, describing parts of it. Um, there are at least four people who were part of this investigation who got threats, two of whom had to involve the marshals, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, including David Weiss. So David Weiss, in testimony of the House Judiciary Committee, uh, he's asked, well, you know, have you suffered threats? And he's like, yeah, I don't know the motive. It's like, yeah, yeah, you don't know the motive. But, <laughs> right. um, but, uh, but he said, you know, he said, I'm not so worried for myself. I'm worried for my family. And this is what you're getting from the people. This is what's happening. All of the people that Jim Jordan and James Comer are bringing in is they're getting threats. Yeah. So, um, you know, um, and uh, like, for example, um, gosh, I hope I get this name right, because I always get it wrong. Martin Estrada, I think, is the name of the U.S. attorney in Los Angeles. Okay. Um, and so he's the guy who back in 2022 was advised by his his prosecutors not to prosecute this, uh, partly because of evidentiary reasons. Partly they're like, you know, we've got a fentanyl problem here. We don't need to prosecute a nonviolent person whose crime was five years ago. Right. Um, Who but, made good uh, on whatever the problems were. He like, right, right. And, right. And, and on the tax case, like you don't generally get charged if you've paid off the taxes. Right. You don't generally get charged. Um, and Abby Lowell claims, and I don't know whether this is true. We'll see if this goes to trial. But he claims that Hunter overstated his income for 2018 the year in question, which case, like, obviously, if that's true, and I don't know whether it is or not, but if that's true, then obviously he wasn't trying to defraud the IRS because then <laughs> right. he wouldn't overstate his income. But um, anyway, 
Martin Estrada, I believe that is his name, the U.S. attorney for Los Angeles. He's like, he's testimony. Have you gotten threats? He's like, well, you know, I used to work organized crime. So I'm sort of used to getting threats. I had seven verified threats when I worked organized crime. But yeah, I'm getting threats now. And they're calling me the N-word and they're calling me a derogatory term for uh, Latino. And I also had to involve the marshals. Like I've had, I mean, that like, so, so you have the U S attorney for Los Angeles where Hunter Biden will be prosecuted uh, for these tax crimes, who is also, also had to call the marshals because of death threats uh, or threats that are sufficiently serious. Mm. And so, you know, you've got David Weiss saying, Oh, there's no way that politics could have played a course in this. Um, and he's saying that publicly. What he's not saying is that privately he has to- he has told Congress that he was worried about the safety of his family given the threats he was facing. And uh, you know, this is, I think, the easy the easy explanation, which is that. And and he did renege on his he did renege on his deal, and and his prosecutors are trying to fudge that over. Um, but uh, but it. But but it's very simple. Donald Trump was pushing for this investigation from 2018 before it was a grand jury investigation. That's uh-huh. true. Right. Um, and he pushed it in many ways that probably are illegal. And he pushed it in many ways like like uh, Bill Barr. We don't know whether Trump was involved with this, but it happened after Donald Trump told uh, Volodymyr Zelensky that he was going to get Bill Barr involved. Right. Uh-huh. Um, Bill Barr set up a channel such that Rudy Giuliani could take the dirt he got from a Russian spy and launder it into the investigation of Hunter Biden. And this is the stuff that David Weiss wants to pretend is just a public comment by a politician. And then, you know, last summer, Trump did it again. And he Trump's like, you know, uh, Hunter Biden should get the death penalty. Uh, And and we know there were threats in response to not just Trump, but Jim Jordan to Gary Shapley, the disgruntled IRS agent. Mm -hmm. And the notion that you can just dismiss the idea that those threats are what led David David Weiss to renege on what is the logical plea deal, um, or at least the diversion, at least the gun diversion. Like I can see you deciding to charge the tax case um, is, is, is really, frankly, obscene. I mean, yes. it's basically saying, like, in this filing, the government said, "Oh, you know, it's a Hollywood, it's a Hollywood plot. <laughs> it's a, it's a conspiracy theory that all of this political pressure may come to bear on, on prosecutions." And they said, "Oh, but we, not David Weiss, but the two AUSAs, you know, we've got forty years' experience between the two of them. Like, but it's not whether you guys are entitled to regularity." It's whether David Weiss is because David Weiss made a decision before you came in. Right. Right. On that plea deal, to get right. out of that plea deal. David Weiss was experienced pressure like David Weiss on on June 6th of last year said, we got a deal. You're going to get immunity right. from all these things. Right. June 7 is when all of a sudden he's responding to um, one of the first efforts by Jim Jordan to politicize this. And it's like then from June 7th to June 20th, all of a sudden things start to collapse. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty demonstrable. It so, is. And, we'll and it, you know, it, and frankly, I hate that you s- spend so much time working on this non-case. However, because the left, let's just broadly paint it with a, a big brush. The left has has been ignoring the Hunter Biden story because there's really no substance there. Um, it, 
it's no, like, I don't think that's right, Nicole. Okay. I, th- I, I think that that's giving the left too much credit. Okay. The left doesn't want to touch Hunter Biden because ick, right? Ick. We've seen the we've seen the dick pics. Yes. Um. The the left like somehow the collective brain in D.C forgets that the story we are telling right now about Hunter Biden is the one that drunken Rudy Giuliani, who, like Hunter Biden, has has addiction issues, like Hunter Biden has divorce problems and as a result, very serious financial problems, like Hunter Biden was hanging out with some dodgy foreigners, like Hunter Biden, uh, because of his ties to a president, that becomes a problem. Unlike Hunter Biden, he was hanging out with known Russian spies. And we don't we don't have any evidence Hunter Biden, you know, yes, it's definitely clear that some of the people who were who were approaching Hunter Biden were trying to access, you know, they were trying to access uh, Joe Biden in the same way that people who were taking advantage of Rudy Giuliani, including this Russian spy, were trying to access and influence Donald Trump. Uh, But we do not know that Hunter Biden, as Rudy Giuliani did, got on a plane and went to meet a known Russian spy. Um, that, that Rudy says, oh, I, you know, 50-50, maybe right. he wasn't a Russian spy. Um, but but the story that everyone is still telling is the story that drunken Rudy Giuliani told them to tell in 2019. And so, you know, people are really hesitant to get too far out in front of the Hunter Biden thing, because, yes, you know, he did do some dodgy things on his taxes. Yes, he did mm-hmm. own a gun at a time he was an addict and 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 signed a form. Um, I think that the evidence is pretty substantial. Like that the tax stuff is a little bit fuzzier, right? Because I as I said, if he actually overpaid his taxes, then it, it gets a lot harder to prove. Right. But um but uh but it's still the case that no one else would have been charged. And it's still the case that uh however icky you think Hunter Biden is uh, what we are participating in now is Donald Trump deliberately destroying somebody's life. Yes. And until people recognize that's what this is, like, you know, I, New York Times every three weeks writes this story saying, oh, Donald Trump in his second term is going to is going to start destroying people's lives intentionally. I'm like, start. are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> have, like what, you know, like what is going on with Hunter Biden? Because that's that's exactly what is going on. And the fact that 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 prehistory, the fact that, you know, Bill Barr set up a way for a special channel for Rudy Giuliani to launder dirt into the investigation of Hunter Biden. And I'm the only one who covers like, you know, um, New York Times, not the people who are still writing, but New York Times did a really good story on it. But it's like since then that like it's all disappeared. And and so Yes, I am. I'm tired. My readers probably are like, oh, another Hunter Biden. You know, it's a it's a David Wine, another Hunter Biden story. Um, But somebody has to cover it. I mean, like, let let me just let me little tiny story Um, among the people who've testified before the impeachment inquiry in in the last couple of weeks uh, is the guy who used to represent Hunter Biden's for his for his painting. Right. Okay. Um, And that guy also getting death threats. Right. And yeah. has spent two years trying to respond to these ginned up, politicized claims about whether this art gallery is a giant money laundering operation to influence pedal with Joe Biden. And it's all based on false claims. But that gallerist is like, I can't I can't do this anymore. I'm not making money. Um, you know, like I'm getting threats. It's caught. I have to come here. I have to lawyer up and come and testify before Jim Jordan's committee. 
Um, and so what Donald Trump has succeeded in doing is raising the cost of any human being who interacts with Hunter Biden and done it deliberately. And yeah, Democrats are not speaking up about that. No. Uh, you know, the New York Times writes articles every three weeks about how Donald Trump is going to do this in a second term. Yes. And they're ignoring, you know, they're ignoring what people like Peter Strzok and Marie Ivanovich and um, Hillary Clinton. And, uh, you know, it's a long list of people, but it's like we're seeing it in real time. This is what the entire impeachment episode is about. Right. And we also see it in in Trump's vindictiveness to anybody who dare go against him. You know, it's so funny because they they will float things like, oh, Joe Biden, you know, uh, hates half the country. Well, no, Joe Biden has said that he'll be the president even if you for you, even if you voted against him. Donald Trump is the one who's who's sycophantic followers make death threats against anyone who dare criticize dear leader. Uh, the, the opposite world aspect of all of it is infuriating. Um, and, and this whole targeting of Hunter Biden, you know, sure, a flawed human being, but what they've done to him is, is despicable. And yes, the, 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 the media on the left, uh, aside from you is not dealing with it. So I know it's tedious and, and you're probably sick of it, but we appreciate it because otherwise the only thing we're left to ingest is the is the right wing Fox sized coverage of it all. And the lies. Oh, by the way, I, I texted, I, I tweeted to Miranda Devine, who's like the Hunter Biden laptop lady. And I was like, hey, help me out on this request for the federal for the judicial documents. <laughs> so no response like this Aww. is supposed to be her bread and butter. And if I succeed, then I'm going to you know, it's like it's like the Holy Grail. I'm going to have the warrant that shows the FBI actually got Hunter Biden's a laptop attributed to Hunter Biden. And, you know, no, like she doesn't that, that's not her gig, because <laughs> if you have actual evidence, it's not her gig. And the other thing is like. So uh, Ron DeSantis says, you know, Donald Trump hates you until you kiss the ring. And then about four days later, he, he kisses the ring. The ring. Right. And one of the things that that Trump is doing is he's threatening investigations of people who don't fall into line right now. That's right. And uh, I think one of the reasons that DeSantis fell into line so quickly is um, there are three legal cases that have butted up against Ron DeSantis. Remember that Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman were funding him. Right. Uh, he's got tangential ties to the um, Joel Greenberg sex Matt, party. Matt Gaetz, that kind right? of stuff. We'll get to that and in a second. Too. The case against Gilliam, Andrew Gilliam, really looks like it was trumped up. Uh, and if that and and so, in other words, like this case against his opponent is trumped up and he wins the gubernatorial mm -hmm. on that. So those are those are three cases. And, we and know for those about who don't are, remember, just Andrew Gillum was it not this past uh, election, but the first time DeSantis ran for governor, the Democratic nominee and lost by a, a tiny fraction. Uh, it was very, very close. And they, uh, you know, they destroyed Andrew Gillum's life, too. And he was prosecuted and he was acquitted. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and and so but but I think when when Donald Trump makes that kind of threat against DeSantis, I would imagine it resonates not. And, and also, like, you know, DeSantis lives in, in Roger Stone's world mm -hmm. and anybody who lives in Roger Stone's world has to assume there's going to be shit coming after them because it's Roger Stone. Right. Um, and, and now he's trying to do the same with, with Nikki Haley. 
And uh, and she's, you know, it's going to be interesting. Like, she's not going to win. I, no. You know, unless something crazy happens, she's not going to win. But um, she's finally beginning to say, like, the, the man melted down. Like, finally, at the same time, both Nikki Haley and Joe Biden are beginning to call out Trump for melting down and not, you know, like, melting down. Um, and they're, they're calling him out as a loser. And that's... <laughs> Uh, I you know he he is a loser. Well, no he, one calls him out for it. No, very few people do. Uh, Joe Biden's been doing it, which has just been lovely. But uh, in New Hampshire the other night, when uh, Trump first of all won the primary, which everyone expected, but not by as big a margin as he was boasting, um, and he openly from the podium in his victory speech uh, threatened Nikki Haley renovation. These are very dishonest people, and you're always fighting them. And just a little note to Nikki. She's not going to win. But if she did, she would be under investigation by those people in 15 minutes. And I could tell you five reasons why already. Not big reasons. A little stuff that she doesn't want to talk about. But she will be under investigation within minutes. And so would Ron have been. But he decided to get out. He decided to get out. Now, Vivek, I don't think would be at all because he's he's openly threatening people. And and I guess it's OK with them. And and again, I mean, like, this is why it matters that we talk about what actually happened with Hunter Biden. That's right. This is why it matters that we know in December of 2018, Donald Trump was pushing Rudy Giuliani and Lev Parnas to go get dirt on Hunter Biden. We know that. um the decision to open up a grand jury investigation and open it in Delaware rather than uh, where Hunter Biden paid his taxes, either D.C. or California. Mm. That decision, uh, Joseph Ziegler, there are two Ziegler's, one Garrett and one Joseph. Joseph is the IRS agent. Um, but Joseph Ziegler, when he first testified, he's like, Bill Barr made this decision personally. But that decision was made within days of the time when Joe Biden uh uh, announced he was running. Hmm. So in other words, you have uh, the IRS deciding we're going to investigate Joe Biden's kid the same weeks that Joe Biden decides he's going to run for president. Um, and that the investigation is put in Delaware where, where, you know, Joe Biden's conduct right. might become an issue rather than in DC or California. And it's something that the IRS agents have complained about him like, well, you know, maybe there's a reason why it was put in Delaware and that doesn't speak well of, of Bill Barr or DOJ or anyone else. So, um, and again, you know, like it is shocking to me that no one else cares that Bill Barr set up a special channel for Donald Trump's drunken personal attorney to launder dirt, including from a known Russian spy into the Hunter Biden investigation. That's fact. I mean, yep. it's, you know, Bill it Barr is. has admitted it. Uh, Scott Brady has admitted it. It's, you know, there are doc, there's documentation about it. And that is so scandalous. That happened, that happened from January 3rd. So during impeachment, January yep. 3rd, 2020 until uh, October 23rd, 2020. Wow. Like, I, like one of the things that happened is after the original New York Post story, um, Trump called Bill Barr and said, you got to do something about Hunter Biden. And Barr, according to his own notes, 
yelled at him um, and 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 his his chief of staff. You, my God, did you yell at the president? Yes, I yelled at the president. <laughs> Bill Barr's um, Bill Barr's memoir is hilarious because it's complete fiction. As all memoirs are, as a, as a complex PhD, I love memoirs. DC <laughs> memoirs are all fiction, and Bill Barr's is one of like Bill Barr's, Dick Cheney's. Those are some of my favorite fictional uh, memoirs. But anyway, so Bill Barr, I'm a hero. I yelled at the president, and then we know. That after uh, Bill Barr, according to his own telling, yelled at the, at the president, days later uh, is when this, um, it's called Nefty 1023, this informant report showing that the guy who runs Burisma, who in May of 2019 said, you know, there was no corruption for Hunter or, or Joe Biden. Right. Sometime during impeachment, sometime in the same period where Bill Barr was shutting down an investigation in Zikola, Zikola, uh, Zlachewski, Nicola Zlachewski, um, changed his mind and said, oh yeah, I've been bribing Joe Biden for years. <laughs> and so, um, that document gets delivered into the Hunter Biden investigation days after, uh, Donald Trump yells at Bill Barr and tells him to do something more about Hunter Biden. Uh, and, and, you know, nothing fishy I, there. Sorry. Yeah. No. Uh, You know, and now it's interesting to watch uh, how Fox has come back in the Trump fold. I mean, after the days after the um, judgment in the um, in the uh, uh, the the oh, God, Dominion case where Fox was was levied almost a billion dollar fine. um, And it looked like. Fox was finally backing away from Trump and, you know, admitting that there was no fraud in the 2020 election, that Trump lost, that Biden won. Um, They're now they fully embraced him again. It's it's like it never mind to that judgment. And now the Smartmatic case is coming up. The other defamation case against Fox, uh, a New York judge ruled on Wednesday that Smartmatic's defamation suit against Fox can proceed, uh, rejecting uh, Fox's request that it be excluded from litigation. And and so now that is happening. And they're asking for what? Over two billion, two point seven billion dollars, which is more than double uh, the damages that that uh, Dominion was awarded. What do we know when this is all going to start happening? Um. It's still going to be some time. I mean, these things, everything takes a lot of time, but, but you're right. I mean, the other thing that's going on, right. In addition to Fox coming back in the fold is, is you've got, um, Ronna McDaniel, formerly, uh, Romney, um, say, you know, like trying to say, oh, let's end the primary. Let's, uh, you know, there are these competing claims. Like we should just end the primary and not give Nikki Haley a chance to beat up on Donald Trump. Um, because I think you were going to go here. You were going to talk about New Hampshire where like Donald Trump won, but only by 12 points. Right. Uh, there are a lot of uh, Republican or Republican leaning independents who do not want Trump. That's right. And, you know, that that's going to cause a problem. Like even in even in Iowa, you saw. And and oh, by the way, Joe Biden, who wasn't on the ballot, got a higher percentage of the vote. <laughs> yes. Then Trump Donald did. Trump. Did. That's now, right. Um, obviously, a smaller number of votes, but. Um, but anyway, so Ronald McDaniel's like, let's end the primary. And it's like one thing you need to remember is Ronald McDaniel is on communication saying, hey, let's submit fraudulent election certificates to help Donald Trump. Ronald McDaniel is um, is part of the long list of people 
that could be, you know, 20, 50, I don't somewhere in that range who are implicated in Trump's conspiracy to defraud the, the U.S. government. I mean, it's it's actually more than 50 because it's 16 times five fake electors. Right. Right. But um, not a, not every it's not 16. Times, it's it's some number like 16 times times uh, five states. But plus people like Ronald McDaniel. And so when Ronald McDaniel says, uh, I, I want to uh, end the primary. The story should be Ronald McDaniel is hoping for a pardon, is hoping that uh-huh. the uh, that the that the conspiracy to fraud case goes away because she is personally personally implicated in that. You know, it's like uh, when Nancy Mace endorses Donald Trump, <laughs> we should remind people that she uh, she's a rape victim. She um, back in 2019 said that she had been raped. So it's like this is a rape victim who is endorsing a rapist, yes. like, the, the, you know, like every, every, you know. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's so distasteful and you just wonder how much lower they can sink. It's like, there is no basement here. Uh, Cause they just keep going lower. Do you, Marcy Willer, well, we're getting close to the end of the hour. Do you have any um, thoughts on whether or not any of these cases are going to come to trial before the election if if people will know whether or not they're voting for a convicted felon or not i don't i don't know i i don't want to i mean like we talked last week about the problems in georgia trump has now officially joined mike roman's challenge meaning um we did on that case um it's about a nasty divorce right Right. so this is a nasty like if if you're gonna prosecute the president the, the former president of the united states don't be involved with a man who's in the middle of a nasty divorce because right. it's not going to go well. No. And um, that those divorce records were unsealed and there was nothing besides some some uh, travel payments. Right. This is the uh, including Willis. a third person. So I was like, is, are, is this kink or are you are, are you alleging kink? But um, <laughs> but uh, there's there's nothing to substantiate the 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 most of the claims that Mike Roman is making. But Donald Trump has now officially joined that. So of course he uh, has. that's. That's, you know, like, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the Fonnie Willis case. I, I hope that we'll get a ruling in the, uh, the DC circuit case and that we can move forward on that. Maybe today, you know, we don't know. Maybe today, um, it's close to one o'clock East coast time. And we haven't gotten that. We haven't gotten my letter back from Hunter Biden's prosecutors, but, um, we, um, Aileen Cannon is going to do what Aileen Cannon does, which is delay. Delay. Uh, That's the documents case. You have Alvin Um, Bragg, but but Tanya Chutkin has has scheduled some uh, hearings, January 6th related hearings into April now when her the the case, uh, I guess the D.C., the Gen 6 prosecution was originally supposed to happen starting in March. That's obviously now pushed back until uh, at least at earliest mid-April because she scheduled other items on the calendar. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the trial that she scheduled is going to be a quick trial. But, okay. but I mean, we've delayed something like 78 days, so she's going to have to give Trump time to to catch up on all of the other yep. things. So you would expect a delay of two months off of the March 4th trial date. So we're really looking um, uh, May at this point, and we're probably looking closer to June. But hey, you know what? That means that at that point, the 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 GOP is going to be stuck with him. That's right. The entire GOP, like if we go to trial in front of Tony Chitkin uh, in June, you're going to have people like uh, um, 
Knox, Steve Miller, uh, Jason one. Miller. Uh, Jason Miller. Yeah, you're going to have Jason Miller get on the stand saying, yeah, we all knew that that's there was right. no fraud. That's right. Uh, you're you're going to have Pat is, is will the, be a very. Yeah, yeah when much of America is waking up to, oh, wow, election is coming up because most people don't pay attention now. Yeah. And there's no rule that you can't go into the pre into the you know, like th there's no rule that somebody who is not a president can't be prosecuted like you can't make announcements during the election season. But there's not a rule that says if you've delayed your trial from June until July, that the trial can't get forward. That's so, right. um, yeah, we'll see. I, you know, I, I just really would recommend that people find whatever other ways they can do to to work on the election. You know, like make sure people know about Bob's make people, you know, one of the things that I think is is very effective is um People hearing the stories of women who uh, have, you know, there was a story out yesterday saying tens of thousands of women in Texas have had to carry. 65,000 uh, women in 14 states have gotten pregnant from rape in 14 states that have overturned Roe, the where you can't get an abortion. 65,000 rape victims got pregnant in these 14 states, which makes you wonder, oh, my God, how many women are getting raped? It's it's the numbers are horrific, but 65,000 had to carry these rapist pregnancies in 14 states. Right. And and so, you know, I, like everyone else, want these trials to go forward. Um, I think that TV lawyers have done a real disservice uh, by not educating about the process, by not, you know, for example, people are really frustrated that Steve Bannon isn't in jail yet. And yeah. um, the problem with prosecuting high level people, it's not that they're getting special treatment. It's that they are uh, they are legal issues that have never been tested before. Like mm -hmm. it, there was never and I, I, you know, there was never going to be a time when you could prosecute an ex president for the first time and not have this immunity challenge. There, I mean, I, you know, they're just it, it was inconceivable that that was going to happen. And so uh, this and and it's not an easy issue. Mm -hmm. And so I think the problem is in significant part that people have had people. It's the same thing as with Mueller. Like Mueller was never going to be, um, you know, magic. He was right. never going to be like the, 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 the single thing that would make Trump go away. These prosecutions are not going to be the single thing either. And one of the reasons they're not is because um, until maggots begin to understand that there is merit to these cases, um, it doesn't matter if Trump is found guilty. Right. If 35 percent of the country is going to turn to political violence because of that. Oh, God. So, you know, you've got to do something about the fact that and one thing to do about that is talk about how Trump is defrauding these people is talk about how Trump is a loser. Talk about how Trump, you know, talk about how next time it's going to be your wife that Trump threatens. Right. right. And and they're threatening Republicans. Doesn't matter. You criticize him. They threaten you. And by the yep. way, the, uh, the allies of the Democrats are not threatening anyone. Um, it, it, there's there's no uh equivalency on the other side just have to point that out because it's not normal well, I, you know it, there there's no equivalency there's no like organized mob scene there are like alien cannon has sure. been threatened yes. okay and, and so i don't no. want to deny okay. that um people across the spectrum 
get threats. Like uh, one of the people who's been uh, who's been who's been swatted recently was a Republican congressman. So it does happen to Republicans as well. There's just simply not um, like every single adverse witness who gets called before Jim Jordan or James Comer's committee gets threats. Every single one. And these are threats that like just make you rethink whether you can do what you're doing with your life. That's right. Um, Like Mitt Romney has said, he, because he's worth $200 million, can pay for security and therefore take an adverse stance against Donald Trump. Right. But I'm not worth $200 million and I'm sure you're not worth $200 million. So when the mob (laughs) comes from me, I'm not going to be able to pay private security. I mean, this is something Hunter's Hunter Biden's um, uh, benefactor, uh, lawyer, Kevin Morris. Right. So he's the South Park lawyer and he's got, you know, tens of millions of dollars and he's spending some of that on Hunter Biden. He was describing to Congress the other day. They're like, why did you spend it's it's in the tax indictment. They're like, why did you spend a million dollars to help Hunter Biden out in that first year? He's like, well, because and he, he was he's a Hollywood guy, right? So he's like, it's, he's called him paparazzi. But he was basically saying there are mobs surrounding Hunter Biden's house and his wife is five months pregnant. Oh and my. that is why I paid a lot of money for security is because this man, it was not safe. I found a house. Yes, it happened to be an expensive house in Venice, but I didn't pick it because it was expensive. I picked it because it met my terms of security. Oh. And, um, and this is what, David Weiss is turning into like a, a felony offense, right? That that Kevin Morris decided to pay for security so that Hunter Biden's wife could safely bear a child to term. Wow. It's it's just inconceivable. Again, I, I sound like a broken record here. If you wrote this whole episode up as a screenplay and submitted it, you know, if, 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 you'd be laughed out of any Hollywood office because it was too implausible. And yet this is our reality today and it's still going on. And it's amazing. Uh, Marcy Wheeler, as always, thank you. Uh, how's your foot? Any action? Well, this week? The, no, not no action. I no, no. still have the screws in my foot. I, I went for a walk today and it hurt a lot. So. Oh, no. Well, take it easy. Have a great weekend. Thank you for bringing us up to date. As always, find Marcy at emptywheel.net. It should be uh, one of your first stops in reading every morning. And here every Friday, fingers crossed that uh, (laughs) that that it all works today. Um, I'm not touching anything till we're done. So I don't mistakenly record over the video um and if if any ruling comes down if we find out the appeals court um came down with a a decision on the immunity or your letter gets answered uh before showtime when this airs at five eastern two pacific three in arizona whatever time it is over there in ireland at 10 p.m i will update everyone um otherwise uh stay tuned till next week Thanks, Marcy. Uh, There you go. Marcy Wheeler, another Empty Wheel Friday in the books. And yes, we did have some breaking news between the time we recorded that this morning and showtime. Nothing since I started playing back the video. But um, in case you missed it, the jury in the second E. Jean Carroll defamation lawsuit against the former guy awarded her... $83.3 million. Now that's the way to start a weekend. Oh, and Marcy did get an answer from the judge 
on her request to get the dates of those warrants for Hunter Biden and Marcy's suspicions were validated. As usual, Marcy Wheeler gets it correct. I won't say right, but correct. And that's why we read EmptyWheel.net and listen to her here every Friday. All right, with that, we're done. The weekend is here. Let's party like we've got $83.3 million, shall we? All right. Monday, Jonathan Larson will be here. Uh, You will remember him from, um, well, everything from uh, Keith Olbermann's Countdown to Air America. And now he's back with the name of his publication, The Fucking News. And Monday, he'll tell us all about (laughs) the prayer breakfast which the uh, religious cult people in Washington are trying to get moved into the Capitol Rotunda. Couldn't make this stuff up if I tried. All right. It's weekend time. Have a great one, everyone. See you Monday. Peace out.